Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to My Millennial Money. How are you guys? Well, thanks. Good, good. So, this is weird. Probably a year ago, I think it was episode 202, if I'm not mistaken, we had Asher on the podcast and... It's been a year, so we thought we'd get him back in. G'day, Asher. G'day. Thanks for having me. Anniversary. Anniversary edition. Yes, exactly. It's cool because we get to do the the voiceovers live. Yes, and if I stuff it up live, we definitely don't go back and try to do it again. No, so it's staying. So this is it. It feels as though already that I'm listening to a a (laughs) pre-recorded message from him when he talks. Yeah, so... Weirdly, we couldn't have Asher sitting right here today if it wasn't for our show partner, Sun Super. I'm trying to do like weird segues. Like, I know, yeah, I know what you know how like you're, you're doing something and it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh it's a freaking it's ad. Just, <laughs> just part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Part, yeah. Did you see the South Park episode about sponsored posts? No. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, you got to do it. But back to business, Sun Super, they won the Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year Award. It's pretty good already. Yeah, twenty twenty fund of the year. Oh, a lot of going. these. No, no, a lot of these awards they do them at the end of nineteen. Right. So going oh, into next year. So it's like a the NBA, NBA games or FIFA. They're, they're yeah. Confident of them knowing that they're already going to win it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So shout out Sun Super. Remember, if you are looking for Sun Super to help you, go to sunsuper.com.au. And thank you, Sun Super, for supporting the podcast. And they also have a five star can star rating as well that's pretty good do they then i give them away i don't no. know about that but it's pretty good <laughs> I, I, I heard that i give them away it's better than four stars that's for sure yeah. so, <laughs> it's um, out of 10 it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so getting an email after this episode saying we're revoking our show support <laughs> it'll clause, be worth it at least clause eight brand distribute <laughs> disrepute so anyway thanks sun super for getting behind my millennial money now Asha, before we get into the show topic today, yeah. give everybody an update of what you've done in your life. Because this is a cool case study. I was actually oh, telling John this right. the mm. other day, and I don't know which episode it's going to be on, about if you don't like something, you don't have to do it. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember where I was at a year ago. So I guess a year ago, I probably just started a new role at the company I'd been working for. I'd been mm. working for, the, for some time. And yeah, I guess I was working there for a while and I never really felt like it was going to be like my forever job or my career or whatever you want to call it. But I was there for a little bit of time and then eventually I did this job for a bit and I found myself, I guess, not enjoying it as much as I thought I would. Mm. And to sort of, I guess, alleviate that, I just left. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You gave them two hours notice. Well, uh, yeah, a bit longer than that, like two days or something. But um, yeah, I just ended up quitting. And to be honest, I mean, I wouldn't recommend everyone does it if they don't have a plan or like an exit strategy or something. Did you have a battle plan? Uh, No. (laughs) No, but okay. So this this is the long and the short of it. 
Asher was a very well-paid corporate bunny, mm. for want of a better word, right? Commuter, corporate bunny, all that stuff. Yep. Good income, great income. Yep. Immaculate. Immaculate, <laughs> beautiful income. A lot of China, 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 China. And <laughs> thankfully, he doesn't have any consumer debt. And they've got a mortgage. And Thanks to the Glenn James spending plan. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> that wasn't even planned either. No. And basically, because he's Mrs. Maggie, she's got a full-time job. Mm-hmm. They could, and you had a bit of cash savings. But like, <laughs> had like enough to know that I wasn't going to die in the next like, yeah, three, minutes, three or four months. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, he went, stuff it. Mm. I'm pressing reset on my career. Yeah, great. I'm always interested when someone says, I've had enough of my job, I don't enjoy it. Mm. Is it how in depth is that? Do you, do you just wake up in the morning thinking I just really don't want to do this, and that you get that same feeling every day? I think it's a, it's a it was a gradual thing for me. So I guess when I was enjoying myself the most at work, I was working with people who were very like minded. Yeah, we were working towards, and like when I was you know when I was working at this company, the actual goal that we were heading towards as a company, I was never interested in. Like yeah. I didn't care about the company's bottom line. Or, you, just, you just like money. <laughs> well, I just like getting paid. But yeah. the thing yeah. that made it easy was that the people I worked with were all sort of similar to me and cool. you know, you'd have yeah. fun doing it. Yeah. And it turned out that that part of the company I was working for was being made redundant. So a lot of those people ended up leaving and I moved to a right. different part of the company where I guess the, the employee demographic was quite different. Sure. Um, and a lot more... I guess professional. I guess you know it should be professional, yeah, but yeah. it felt a lot more like work. Yeah, and so um, yeah. yeah, after a year, it just <laughs> you, you shows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But after a year, I was like, well, not only am I not interested in the work, I'm even having fun being yeah. not interested with in the doing people it. you're surrounded yeah. by. So all all I'm in it for is the money, and that wasn't. Yeah, driving. exactly. Yeah, and I think a bit of it, without going into too much detail, you found that you were pseudo managing people. Yeah. And that's not your vibe anyway. Yeah. Like my, my actual role was to be a people manager. So I managed um, a group of, well, I think at the most it was up to 12 people right. across the, you know, two different states. And it was never a position I wanted to be in in the first place. Yeah. It just sort of came up and I said, yes, there was, you know, more dollars at the end of the mm. fortnight. So I said, yes, okay, of course I'll do it. But at the end of the day, I just, I didn't like sort of telling people what to do and sure. how to do things better and having to yeah. reprimand people. Like it just felt strange to me. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, cool. So there you have it. Brave. If only we had a My Millennial Career podcast that we could talk about this stuff in full details. <laughs> well, Glenn, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Introducing My Millennial Career, the number one careers podcast in Australia. There you go. So <laughs> let's get into this episode. Thanks for the little update, Asher. And if Welcome. you haven't heard Asher, he's our voiceover guy. So the music's coming up and you need to do the voiceover now. You're listening to My Millennial Money. In today's episode, Glenn and John speak with me, Asher, the voiceover guy. We'll be discussing such topics as generosity, giving, and specifically the latest podcast that Glenn had with Peter Singer. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's pretty good. Perfect. Beautiful. Perfect. I know, I know. So you've both listened to the episode, okay? And Asher was probably more familiar with Peter Singer than I I was familiar with him. I didn't really... Actually, I think I'd seen his TED Talk once, Mm -hmm. you know, on Facebook or whatever. But, John, you're new to this whole world of giving and generosity 
<laughs> and not being a tight ass. No, but seriously. What, you mean give my money away? <laughs> yeah, who so does that? I, I guess before we kind of get into some nuts and bolts and into the weeds, because I, I do want to kind of put a philosophical question out onto mm. the table for us to discuss. What were your initial thoughts, John, about the interview and the mm. broader issues? And then I'll ask you the same, Asha. Yeah, I think my initial thoughts were we don't spend enough time thinking about the greater good in in the world. I mean, you you see the ad on TV for those who watch TV and the occasional media release about poverty and whatever else, but we don't actually sit down and spend time thinking about what's actually happening around the world. And, and I suppose I've been guilty of thinking, well, we've got to look after our own country before we go global. Mm. Um, but that definitely opened my eyes up until... Which kind of, you probably heard me say it on the interview that Mm. I was somewhat thinking that way in terms of the broader thing with global warming and the whole drop in the ocean stuff. Yeah. But I think we do need leadership and why can't we? Mm. But anyway, I guess the global warming and climate change stuff is different to what we're talking about. But it's kind of, but it does kind of dovetail, doesn't it? Because Mm. all the crap that we're doing in the developed nations are causing grief to the developing world. Yeah, that's right which could be exacerbating poverty yeah, and, and, and wrecking the planet. <laughs> it's a little bit like picking up a bit of rubbish when you see it on the, on the ground. Like we can walk past it or we can and think that, yeah, we're not affecting the world by yeah. picking up that one bit. Mm. But if we all do it, it, uh, it makes a difference globally, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely. Mm. Were there any key themes that you were just like, oh, my goodness, like I didn't know what was happening? What astounded me was how little it actually costs to make a change, Mm, mm, make a difference. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That actually has already driven me to make a contribution in that sense. Mm, Yeah. mm. I think I've said it to you previous. I've always been a skeptic about, well, if I donate globally, where is my money going? Mm -hmm, mm, And is, is it going to the right sources or is it lining someone's pocket? Yeah. As I said in the interview, once you've read the book and we're not, getting paid to promote it, I'm just shoving it down everyone's throat because it will change your life. Mm. And after you listen to that interview, you have actually don't have any excuse no. to th- be, I guess, critical of charities because the lifeyoucansave.org.au actually has charities that have the best absolute bang for your buck mm. in alleviating global poverty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think like everyone's got their different causes. Like, if someone's in the family's been affected by breast cancer, for example, Mm. then they might pour some money towards that because it's touched them a bit more than normal. So, I think everyone's got their own little area that they want to focus on, and and you can't spread yourself too wide. But you just understand that, yeah, Mm. you've just got to own whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And what were your thoughts, Asha? Given that you were aware of Peter Singer and. What did you think of my interview? <laughs> oh, I thought it was really good, Glenn. Five, five stars on iTunes and that's all I did. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of his work and I guess familiar more so with just how he thinks mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. And I think the best part about his work is that you only need to accept one thing as fact for everything to make sense. And the thing you have to accept is, do you believe that helping people is a good thing? Mm. If you can answer yes to that question, then everything else in that book is going to make total 100% sense to you. And you're right in the fact that once you read it, you really don't have 
any valid excuses as to why you don't or shouldn't give to particular charities. Because, yeah, if you do care about helping people or, you know, saving lives or whatever, this is quite literally the most effective way of, of doing it. Yeah. And they take care of all that sort of scepticism and critical thought for you. Yeah. So they ask all those questions like, hey, where's all the money going? They take care of it for you. And they just tell you the end product, which is these charities are good. Mm. And the ones that aren't on the website, yeah, obviously you shouldn't be donating to them. Yeah. Well, uh, I wouldn't go that far because they, well, they obviously can't screen every charity in the world. But No, that's right. Yeah. So, back off. No. But, <laughs> but, but I think you're right. It's like if you're using the excuse not to give mm. because I'm worried about expenses mm. and I can't yeah. trust anyone yeah. and you're hearing this now, you can't use that excuse. You just need to use the excuse... I don't want to give, I want to accrue wealth for myself. Yeah, just be honest. And and that's Mm. fine, just own it. Like I actually, when I talk about giving and generosity, I believe there's actually four types of givers and the first type is a non-giver. If you don't want to give any of your money away, don't and own it and don't put excuses such as, I can't trust the charities that I give to, so therefore I'm not giving. No. Just say, I'm not giving. Yeah. So, then I think there's people who are sporadic givers. So, it might be, I'll pull over when there's the Red Cross drive or whatever Mm -hmm, it is and throw $20. Mm. There's the, I guess, the planned and consistent giver. So, it might be, I give monthly to, you know, A21 or the life you can save at org.au or whatever that is. And then I think there's, I do that and then I'm a generous above that. Yeah. So, I think that's probably the whole giving journey. Mm. And I would just say, wherever you're at, you can always do more, particularly if you're not giving at all. It's yeah, not going to take sure. a lot of money to do more if you don't yeah. give one cent yeah. away. I think the biggest thing that uh, The Life You Can Save has up against them is the fact that you know, they've already tackled the problem of people asking, where does my money go to? They've taken care of that for you. What yeah. they haven't taken care of, and I'm not sure there's really a way to do it, is how do we show the effects of what people are giving to those people. So for instance, you know, he spoke about, you know, you see ads on TV about, you know, kids in developing nations, you know, who are starving and that sort of thing. And it pulls at your heartstrings and Mm. makes you go, oh, you know, if I give money, it's going to go to that person or that group or that village or whatever. But it's just, I guess, the nature of the whole thing is that the problem is so big that that's not really an option. Mm. So you really got to enter into this sort of giving mindset, knowing full well that you're not going to get any sort of emotional gratification out of it. Mm. You're not going to, you know, be getting monthly updates on how your money's being spent. And that yeah, sort like of thing. I, I've got a sponsor child and I get the letter every now and again and it's mm. cute and it's yeah. great, but I know I'm just funding money into a pool in a village, yeah. like a project, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't care for writing letters to kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I but you know what I mean? For kids I'm pretty sure that's, a, that's pretty appropriate, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but I just like yeah whatever I'll I'll do it. So I just write hey thinking of you you know what do you want to do when you grow up and I'm just yeah. trying to do it. But yeah I'm not sponsoring a child. Hmm. I'm funding a project. It's yeah. a feeling of giving, isn't it? More Absolutely. So anything yeah. specific as such. Mm, mm. Mm. So I guess I just wanted to and based on what you were saying just before Asha in 2018 like because you talked about in progress mm-hmm. and in the book it outlines it quite well. That in 2018, 5.3 million children under five died compared to 12.5 million in 1990. Yeah. But it basically means there's still 15,000 kids dying every day under five, mm-hmm. which is just savage, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot. It's crazy. And we know from 
the mosquito nets or the against malaria yeah. foundation yep. for like three dollars or something three like that 50 or something yep. yeah you can buy a mosquito net that would probably stop a child dying yeah from these issues that we just like i go out and mow my lawn or whatever i don't i've got to get out of which I, love, I, feel, I look at the bloke I mow my lawn for yeah. me. Yeah, I imagine right. myself as the person who mows my lawn. Yeah, yeah. As I imagine myself in my backyard, no, but I go out the backyard, water the grass, or whatever. Mm. I get bit by mosquitoes. Yeah, like the same thing is happening in Africa. People are dying because of that. Yeah, like you and you walk, race back into your air conditioned comfort and, and have a loratadine tablet, and yeah. it doesn't itch anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. people are getting diarrhea and getting over it here, where it's killing people in the yeah. developing world. And yeah. I would encourage everybody, there's a documentary on Netflix. It's a three-part series about Bill Gates. You need to watch that. Blows your mind. Yeah. Did you see it, Asher? I haven't seen it. So basically- I know Bill and Melinda are big sort of yeah, guess, well, followers. They um, endorsed his book. Their testimonies on the back of it here. So it? Yeah, right. like he's built this toilet because it's all about sanitation yeah. and all that stuff. He's built this big toilet. And it's a big machine thing where at the front end's the toilet and the back end's drinking water. Wow. And it's self-powered and all that. Yeah, it's crazy. He's actually, and this is not about climate change. And I'm borderline tempted not to say this, but Bill Gates has developed a nuclear reactor or power plant technology that uses the used uranium from the old-style mm. nuclear reactors. Mm. So it's clean nuclear. But he couldn't get into China where they were going to test it because at that time, a couple of years ago, when the trade war started, it stopped. Mm. So, he's doing some crazy things. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. But I think it's just interesting to know that, yes, the international poverty line is $1.90 a day. Yeah. I think that's US as well. So, there's people living off pretty much under $2.50 a day, mm. which is just savage. It's mental. That's per adult, right? Yeah. yeah. And he said in the interview that that's risen in the last 10 years? Yeah, it has gone up. He didn't give specific he figures. He didn't give specific, it's a, it has specific, gone up. I've got his book here. It's in here somewhere. But either way, it's increasing, mm. which means that people are slowly moving out of poverty. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I think the overall trajectory is always, a, I guess, a positive one. But I guess also if their, I guess, minimum income is increasing, is that just because the cost of living wherever they yeah. are is also mm. increasing as well. Yeah. Like it may not be you know, linear. I thought like reading his book and then in the interview, the most crazy thing was when he said that the UN target was basically 70 cents in every $100 of gross national income mm. to give to foreign aid. Yeah. That blew me away as well. And I'm Australia. Like, is that all? Yeah. And we give like 26 cents in every $100. 23. 23. Mm. Oh, I've got it here. Which is crazy. So you could actually outgive the government yeah. <laughs> to, to foreign aid in your own life with a dollar. Is that a challenge? Mm. Well, yeah. Outgive the government. Outgive the government. So twenty-four cents. I hear. Or it should is. we aim for the seventy? You could do a dollar. A dollar out of every hundred. How am I going to survive? One percent. How am I going to survive on? Yeah, exactly. Ninety-nine. Ninety-nine dollars. So it was, oh, so it was interesting. He's unemployed. I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> the average country is point thirty-eight. The biggest giver is Turkey, and they give a dollar ten. Wow! Then it goes Sweden, a dollar oh four. Luxembourg, point ninety eight. UAE, point ninety five. Norway, point ninety four. So Denmark, seventy two cents. UK, seventy cents. And then Australia's down at twenty three cents. New Zealand, twenty eight cents. So I, I wonder, think that's crazy. 
Mm. And I think the more we know that our foreign aid is below mm. the UN target, like we've got a freaking seat at the UN table, do we not, as Australia? I believe so. Yeah. Was it Julie Bishop last time? But I don't mm. know who it is now. Not sure. But I mean, if we've got a seat at the freaking UN table, surely as a country, we need to be an example of a representative of the mm. U freaking N. Yeah. Maybe it's a kid's chair. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of it comes from the fact that, I mean, a lot of those countries that are right at the top there are so, I guess, close and intertwined with all the other countries that are around them. So you have mm. like Sweden, Norway, like a lot of these are sort of European or Central Asian countries. Whereas here, I get this feeling, and I'm probably guilty of this sometimes as well, is that sometimes I feel like we live on different planets. Like mm. everything else is just so far away. Mm. How yeah. can what I do affect somebody in some other yeah. part of the land? Whereas over there, they probably see the effects a lot more readily because, you know, they live next door to these people or yeah. only an hour's flight away or something. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Amazing that Turkey's number one. Yeah, well, actually, I were talking about this before. Mm. I think maybe... Because none of them pay tax. Well, uh, <laughs> they've got excess cash to yeah, give. I don't know. <laughs> Unless it's something to do, it was a political play to get... I don't think there's a world pool that the UN dish it out. I think it's just Turkey giving... Who knows? They might have a an army base in a country in Africa that mm. they've just paid off to be there so it makes it look like it's possible like it could be a political play that's all i'm saying and that's what peter said in the interview that Mm. a lot of this crap is political yeah okay but still doesn't take away from the fact that i mean they are giving more totally so like the brute fact is that i mean at least on paper how effective it is is another question well it was interesting he said in the book that when people they publicly say that Mm. they give heaps of money to charity and that it could be big noting themselves yeah He's pretty much like, well, yeah, that might be the case, but there still needs to be more people like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I was watching the, the tennis last night and um, one of the Australians was saying $200 an ace that uh, they served, they'd give to the fire, Yeah, which, which was great. Um, one hand you say, well, that's big noting. On, on the other hand, which where I sit is, well, it's teaching people that are listening to give. Yeah. That's where I think it should be at. Yeah. Well, my initial response is always to be like, I'll keep it to yourself. It should be a, like a private thing. But and when I think about it for longer than 15 seconds, mm. I go, well, wait, actually, no, that is good. I mean, even if you yeah. are even if you are doing it for solely narcissistic purposes, just to yeah. show how much you're giving, like who cares? If it makes someone else give mm. a similar amount or yeah. something, then yeah. it's worth it. Mm. So what did you guys think, and this is the philosophy I'm implementing in my life, about the core satellite approach? Because mm-hmm. you touched on it before, John, we mm. might have these pet, charities that really mean a lot to us and the question is if i gave 100 dollars to the xyz foundation down the road which is a community thing Mm. yes that could make three people's lives better but if i gave 100 dollars to the against malaria foundation it could save 40 people's lives Mm. yeah and i think for me it's a fact thing like now that i know that Mm. It changes things a little bit yeah. for me. I know that when I give blood every 12 weeks that I'm I'm helping lives with blood that I don't need. Yeah. Right. And okay, so on that, do you think that means I give blood so I'm not giving my money? Well, each their own. And I know we've got differing views on this mm. slightly, mm. but I would say you could do both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So by listening to that is, has definitely opened eyes up. Mm. how's this i went to give blood the other day it was the third time that i've gone to give blood okay ever ever yep the first time they 
said, oh, are you sick? I'm like, oh, not really. I woke up with a bit of a sore throat, but I had some Panadol, so now I'm fine. They're like, nah, see ya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next time, which was last year, they're like, oh, have you had any surgery recently? <laughs> I walked in with my moon boot on. <laughs> I'm like, no. Yeah. They're like, well, you got to wait three months post-op. I'm like, yeah. okay, fine. And then literally two weeks ago, I called a book in and they said, have you been overseas? I'm like, in the last three months, I'm like, yeah, yeah I was in Israel. Like, yeah, come back. So, you've never actually given. <laughs> I've tried <laughs> to three might. times. I've never been able to give. Really? Because I've always had a tattoo within the last yeah. 12 months. <laughs> For like the past like 10 years or something. So, oh, How funny. Mm. So, I guess on that, and the reason I wanted to do this episode was part of the episode that we've got coming up about effective budgeting. John and I went on this tangent of a 20 minute chat that we cut out of the episode because it's like, this is just so far from the freaking, from what the episode was supposed to be. So we cut it out and deleted it. That was so 2018 top stuff that we used to do. Totally. And 17. Who thought the unedited Mm. podcast was going to be a good idea? Yeah. I was actually, when I first, like when I launched the first podcast, I was like, no, it's not going to be edited. It's going to be raw and all that. It was more because I didn't want to edit it. (laughs) (laughs) Convincing. Yeah. So, John and I, we got onto this topic about giving and my premise was, and there's some caveats and I've thought through it a little bit more, so Mm -hmm. it's not going to sound as harsh. It was the, I give my time, therefore I'm not giving my money. Yeah. That seems like a weird sort of stance to have. Well, no, but a lot of people do. Mm. A lot of people donate their time, Mm. whether it's at the, the shelter or the charity down the road which mm. is amazing. And as I said, when we had our rant, yeah. you're actually a better person than I am. Because well, I'm lazy. Why do you think it's weird? Oh, no. So, I'm like mm. giving your time, obviously no problem there. So, yeah. volunteering, that sort of thing. But using that as a reason for not giving financially seems like a weird trade-off. I don't see the two things as equivalent. It, yeah. It mightn't be a, a reason for not giving financially. It might be just their way of giving. Right. Okay. Yes. And what I'm saying is, I think, we need to challenge that thought. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't totally agree. But yeah. I, I don't want to offend people, but I guess number one, and from a financial point of view, and we did talk about this in the, the episode last, and if you've gone this far without listening to the last episode, I suggest you probably just press stop here and go and listen to 305 <laughs> or whatever it is. The last episode with Peter Singer. But I think if you're up to your eyeballs in debt you probably don't want to be giving all your money away. No. no you need to look after yourself, get yourself fit and healthy so you can then be a giver. Mm. We do talk in that episode, maybe no more than 1%, mm. which if you earn 60 grand a year net or 80 grand, 60 grand net, you're not going to notice it. $600, $600. A, a year. You might still think that's a lot of money when you give that monthly, like 50-ish dollars a month or whatever it is. Yeah. But that would probably be the max, I'd imagine. And do you think that there's so many Australians drowning in their own backyard with debt and mm. and just on the hamster wheel of life mm-hmm. that they can't even think about giving externally? Yeah, I think so. And a lot of the time people, like how many times have we had people write in, they're like, oh, I've done the spending plan. Oh, we found an extra $500 a month. Oh, we found an extra mm-hmm. $200 a week. Like yeah. if you're not organized, it's a shamble anyway. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of the time you think you can't afford to give hundred dollars a month yeah mm. i think it's a valid point though i think 
I guess, assuming that giving is on everybody's sort of radar or as part of everyone's conversation about money. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's the norm. I think mm. no. there's probably a, a certain sub, you know, subset of people who incorporate this into their money thinking and everything. But I think for the majority of people, it is exactly like you said. They're just trying to make it through week by week or month mm. by month. And mm. giving is something they would probably like to do if they thought they could do it or once they got that dream job yeah. or something. And this is the problem, I think. It's like, I will give when. Yeah. And I yeah. will give when. And when never comes. Yeah. And that's why I think it's probably important to even give a very small, small superficial amount mm. while you now. are getting out of debt. Yeah. Just so it's like a regular routine it's like thing. You said in the, it's like it's habit building, like you said in the podcast. Totally. It's just you, once you get used to doing it, it feel, well, you know when you're not doing it and it feels weird. Because mm. how many people do we know that, you know, are very successful and wealthy and I know a few of them yeah. and they're the biggest tight asses on the planet yeah. and do not give and they've justified it in their mind because it's, and we've got an episode that's coming up in a, a handful of weeks about money mindset. I yeah. think a lot of it is their money mindset. Mm. Yeah. And, and sometimes it could be, and I'm not being judgmental against anyone, just because you're a tight ass. I don't know. I can't change you. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, I think no, no, no. But the reason I think, John, like if you grew up in a house that was in government housing, for example, mm. and the main source of household income was government support, you may have the mindset that I've got to keep everything that comes in because it's in low supply. Yeah. And we don't have much, like it's, it's a keep, 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 keep. Yeah. I would think the opposite. Mm. I would think they would be more giving because they're maybe more grateful for the life that they've been given. Whereas people that have been I guess handed on a platter, a it's like, mm. well, we abuse it to, to some extent. Mm. But also it's a, I think it's a circle of, of influence. Like mm. this wouldn't have uh, opened my mind up to the global giving if, I wasn't here on this podcast with you. Mm. I think that's a lot to do with it is the cultural side of it. And like Peter said, he's trying to build a culture around giving. giving. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's not really a thing. Like for the most part, you and I, the people we know, giving isn't part of a conversation. You know, we all learn about when we, you know, someone buys a car or they buy mm, a house yeah. or any other sort of big financial decision, but we don't hear about when or if they give it all. And it's not part no. of the conversation. Mm. And yeah, I think what he's trying to do is quite admirable but it's, it's going to be really hard to do because people don't for the most part anyway yeah. don't like to be separate from their money and i think mm. you've just got to realize and we've all had our own money stories like there's been two kind of key times in my life where i've actually found out that money does not make you happy and one of them i was in i think i've shared it before i was in london you know got all the money i do whatever i want you know relatively like i don't have a billion dollars or anything but life's good traveling and i was the most depressed i've ever been in the world yeah. and i'm in piccadilly circus thinking well not even enjoying this yeah. so what does it matter yeah, so that right. was one kind of thing in 2013 that mm. really just cemented this well, okay that was me you know what two or three months ago it's yeah, like right. okay yeah. I had this goal of reaching X amount of income it's more money that than i've ever earned before than my parents mm. have ever earned before and once mm. i got there it's like well, okay. So mm. now what? Now can I get the thing yeah. that I want, or now yeah. can I be happy? Like you yeah, get totally hand a happy certificate. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on the fridge. And then another time in more recent times, I did a business deal and I earned sixty grand, sixty-five grand mm. in the one deal. Which mm. I'm being very transparent here, which is a lot of freaking money, yeah. isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that same day that I got confirmation of that deal, I, I actually remember I was 
in the car, got the email that it was confirmed, checked my phone as I was pulling up at my aunt's house because she was diagnosed with cancer and they said, you've got to come and say goodbye. Uh, so it was these like day. parallels. Mm. At the same time, I yeah. rocked up at her house. Your aunt's been mm. diagnosed with brain cancer. Mm. And we're all saying, oh, bye. Aunt yeah. And she's still thankfully with us, but mm. we don't know how much longer. Yeah. It was just like, oh, thanks for this great contrast lesson life. That's you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's a massive so from, perspective sort of yeah. check, isn't it? Yeah. And my mentor, Macca, always used to say to me, you can't give anything away because it will always come back to you. Mm. So for me, I've got to, you know, anyone wants any money, like take it. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not. It's a very dangerous thing to say yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know it doesn't defy me. And once you get to a critical mass in your life, anything above that, it actually doesn't matter. So I guess my thing is if you are in debt and you do want to give, just chill out. We know you're going to be a giver and you will be a great giver because you're interested now. If you are listening and you're a single mom and things are tight, I'm not actually saying give now. I'm not doing it. Mm. Like I'm not prepared to say give to the life you can save at all if you can't make your own ends meet based on your circumstance yeah mm. for sure but i am saying like peter says how can you read and learn more about what's going on yeah so when you can get a bit of breathing space in your financial life then you can start giving yeah mm. i think that's exactly right you're not going to be helping anybody if you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot by giving yeah. like you've got to help yourself out first. but at the other end of the spectrum if you example you and Maggie under 30 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. I just had to think about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Ash is 28. Like two great incomes or now you've got your little gap. You have one. one. <laughs> Used um, to be two great incomes. Yeah. So, and I'm not speaking to Ash specifically about what he should do, but just as a broad statement, mm-hmm. if you're out there, you've got your mortgage, you've got disposable income. There's a real strong argument that you probably need to consider how much impact you can have mm. a bit of spare money you wouldn't even yeah. notice it totally probably the best way to go about it is that if you are in a position where you can give try and make it an automatic thing so you know like your spending plan mm. it's every it, stuff happens thanks mate did yeah. you know yeah. did you get that affiliate link <laughs> this is a, that's the third plug of how this much is it how much is it at the moment um but like you know anything you want to try and make it automatic like you don't want to have to try and rediscover your your love for wanting to help people mm. Because there's going to be those, you know, weeks or months where, you know, you don't think you can give or something like that. You want to just try and make it automatic if you can. So if you want to pledge a certain amount each week or month or something, just set it up and then it just comes out like a Netflix Mm. payment or Mm. whatever. I guess what I was saying before, back to the the whole thing that got John and I on this, you know, if I volunteer two hours a week at the Mm. food shelter Mm. down the road, I'm not giving my money. I basically said to John in our last argument... No, I think that's BS. In last argument, because we argue. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. <laughs> it was a philosophical <laughs> yeah, argument. Yeah. And, and our, last, our last discussion. Yeah. And it probably makes more sense now, John, that I said, well, if, you, if this person was actually serious about making an impact, mm. if they didn't volunteer their time for two hours down the road, mm. they went and worked for two hours and earned $80, yeah. that $80 could probably help 100 people or yeah. whatever yeah. yeah you know what i mean in that type of philosophical way mm. but I, th- I think the biggest thing all i was just yeah. saying asha was i still think they're a better person than me because they're giving their time and volunteering in the local community yeah and maybe it needs to be like that core satellite approach mm. with your time 
It's like, well, yeah. I've got an extra two hours a week time. I'm going to give an hour of that to charity and then an hour of it to my own hobby. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's like the whole, I don't know, exercise regime or eat healthy. Just do mm. something, mm. right? Mm. Whether that's giving via your time or your money, just mm. go and do it. And to be clear, anyone, like this is, this could be a very offensive episode to some people. I've received weird comments about giving in generosity before when I've spoken about it. Right. And in what way? It's their personal choice? Yeah, or oh, I forget. Mm. I get that much crap emailed to me from people that are, you know, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But all I would say is we're just three people on a podcast. Like, yeah. you do you and we'll do us. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't, like, it's fine if you disagree. Yeah. Because mm. that's probably normal. It'd be weird if everyone agreed anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, we categorically know that some listening don't agree with what we're saying. And we're not wedded to any ideas or whatever. We're just... Mm having a discussion and if anything i hope i've pissed you off enough to think about it and be revved up (laughs) (laughs) because it's like okay well you don't agree with me we'll flip what i'm saying into something that is good for Mm. the world and Mm. the society you live in that's right i think what sort of and this might be like a bit of a a morbid topic but what sort of strikes me the most about the work that you know the life you can save has done is that what it sort of illustrates the most is that what is going to, I guess, improve the lives of the most people isn't going to make you personally feel like a sense of accomplishment or anything. If anything, the stuff that is going to improve the lot, like people's lives the most is the stuff that you're not going to get any sort of emotional return from. Totally. So I think that sort of satellite approach of, okay, if you want to you know, give your money towards a foundation that's going to use it really well, but give your time towards something that's going to make you feel emotionally rewarded, yeah. that's probably a really good way about doing it because, I mean... I think it'd be crazy to say that the only reason people give to charity is so they can give to charity. A lot of people want to feel good about what they're doing and that's totally normal. And maybe that is, you know, because I said to Peter, like A21, Mm -hmm. they're not on his website. Mm. I don't think they're, you know, reaping people off and the CEOs are on a million dollar salary or anything. But for me, it was a thing that I want to highlight that there's people still getting trafficked in the world today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... What is a charity in your corner that is important to you? It's okay to support that. And as Peter said, it's still reasonable that you support that. Mm. But for me, I've been challenged with, well, in terms of every $100 I give, I've got to give 80% to the life you can save.org.au. Like it's just mm. until there's a counter argument that makes sense, mm. I'm not. That's what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And for you listening, I'm just big on like almost percentages or logic. Just build a logical framework that's easy. And I would encourage you like if you haven't been a giver before and you are interested, start with $5 a month to the life you can save. Buy someone a flipping coffee. Mm. Like Mm. get to the point like I now have fun with giving. So I've got all my kind of, I call it clinical giving, like the bank accounts and the charity stuff. But if I see someone at a service station, I run in, they're filling up, they finish fueling up oh can i also pay for number eight as well pay just leave yeah like have fun yeah so if that person's petrol cost eighty dollars you're giving them eighty dollars as opposed to saving how many lives uh, a lot yeah <laughs> just for your own emotional gratification no, just for fun just off oh, of fun yeah, yeah. it's for my own fun so and people's lives are a joke to you Glenn? is that what you said <laughs> Oh, sorry, Peter. <laughs> oh, we've had Peter dial in on mic three. 
But yeah, but I probably wouldn't be having that type of fun yeah. if I'm not doing the other doing the yeah. other stuff. Yeah, for sure. So mm. <laughs> something to say, John. Awkward silence. Well, you really yeah. uh, anyway. <laughs> but interestingly enough, that's very valuable that you've used that lens to look through. Mm. Like I feel so guilty. And this is my dilemma. I'm reading this bloody book and I'm feeling so guilty that I've got two cars. <laughs> Probably should no, be. You're not helping climate change. No. Well, I'm only driving one at a time, so to be fair, <laughs> it's a net net effect. True. As the owner of two cars myself, I empathise completely. You've got another person living in the house. <laughs> no, we have what, three cars then. <laughs> Are you keeping the Audi as well? No, I'm trying to sell it. If yeah. you're interested in a 2002 Audi S3, please contact. <laughs> yeah, send us a um, message. Mm. But when I was listening to the podcast, so if we go back to the sort of satellite, core mm. satellite thing, yeah. Mm. And this may be completely wrong, and maybe I'm just sort of taking words out of Peter's mouth. I thought he was being very accommodating. I personally think if you're looking at this, the core satellite approach from a strictly monetary perspective, if you use 80% of your funds in one place and 20% in another place, I think going by the logic that he lays out, mm. it doesn't make any sense at all. I think if you're, if you're giving 20% just so you can feel like you're giving locally or getting some sort of emotional gratification mm. out of it, I think that's money poorly spent. I think if you don't give 100% to where it's going to do the most good, mm. then you might as well not be... Well, you should just give anyway. Mm. But if you can give 100%, you should be giving 100%. Or so do I'm just going to lay that out there. Do you just give $120? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. Well, it's interesting because how do you navigate the local heart foundation and dad had a heart attack and died. Yeah, or that's right. And had, that, that's what I was I yeah, don't know. talking about earlier. Well, so all, I, mean, all I, I guess the reason I came up with that yep. was to give an out for the pet projects. And I think that's what I'm sort of going up against is that if you have a pet project, so I think you gave the example of, you know, someone in your extended family had a guide dog or something, and that's something that you want to support yeah. because, you know, the guide dog really helped them out and, you know, that's great. Mm. So there's that sort of personal emotional attachment to mm, it. Mm. But if you look at it from, I guess, the stance of the life you can save or sort of Peter's stance, which is we have to look at these things dispassionately mm. and you need to disconnect yourself from the emotional side of it and look at the facts. Well, he did say giving with your head and your heart, though. Yeah, that, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? Like it, it's looking at it from different angles. Like it's not right or wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. the general fact is we've got to be doing something. Mm. If twenty percent is personal and emotional, then great. If it's if it's seventy thirty, if it's ninety ten, if it's a hundred, yeah, yeah. knock ourselves out. It's funny, like I really and there's a question on there about giving to animals and animal to cruelty and yeah. the environment and all that stuff. I personally can't give to animals until humans are taken care of. Mm. You won't be giving to animals anytime soon. No I, I, no, I won't. When never comes. What? You said when never comes. When, yeah. yeah you won't be doing it until... Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I think I'm the same. Do you want to unpack, just throwing it out on the table, what you were saying before? Because Peter said we should be giving to animals if there's a huge amount of animals that are in dire need or yeah. whatever. So, I guess one thing that peter holds to be true which is something that probably i mean a lot of people probably don't hold is that the suffering of a human and the suffering of an animal are the same 
So if, you know, I have a nail in my hand and it's stuck in there and a dog out there has a nail in its hand and it's stuck in there, we are suffering the same amount and we are deserving of the same level of care and, um, yeah. and all that sort of thing. So what he said was, you know, if we're talking about do I look after animals first or the people first, he put it down to, well, it depends how much one or the other is suffering. Mm. So what I found really strange is, well, to what point is the suffering of an animal the same as the suffering of a human being? If I use the analogy of, you know, we both have nails in my in our hands and I'm a dog, is it the same size nail or is the nail, you yeah. know, equal to the size is, of the dog? Is, is it emotional suffering? Is it physical suffering? And like, yeah, to what degrees mm, can an animal yeah. suffer as much as a human can suffer emotionally given the fact that yeah. our brains are much larger and stuff? So mm. this is bigger questions, but I think where I land is that I choose to, I guess, and I'll say this just outright, like I will save a human life over an animal life whether that be in an actual physical sense or you know giving wise yeah because i think the more humans you save the more chance you have mm. of them sort of passing on that whether that be to be another human or mm. to another animal yeah i think oh what were you saying yeah John? no i was just gonna add to that i'm pro- i'm the same as you but like there's a contrast at the moment where we're saving kangaroos in the fire mm. when we're eating kangaroo meat mm. like <laughs> yeah where uh, where do our morals lie or where do our mm. where do we sit with that? I think and literally ten minutes ago I hadn't thought about what I'm about to say, so give me some grace, everyone. I'm thinking like I watched the Planet Earth series with David Attenborough mm-hmm. on Netflix or whatever, the BBC one. And at the end of one of the episodes, I think it was the sea otters or something like that. Mm-hmm. The seals or something. Because of climate change and ice disappearing these animals were climbing the rocks on shore thinking that it was icebergs Mm. and falling off and killing themselves because they just oh there's a big object it must be ice or whatever and that pissed me off that it was due to climate change yeah so i think in terms of my giving i'm still giving to people before i'm giving to an animal charity however i need to consciously have more of my mental effort, advocacy or whatever it is to being more sustainable living, Mm. climate change, maybe in the voting box or whatever to help animals en masse. If that makes sense. I don't know. I'm just trying to unpack this as I go. Well, I think what Peter focuses most on is the suffering, the obviously the unneeded suffering of most animals. Mm. That situation like the live you know, animal exports all day long, piss yeah, that off. That's, like that otter situation, yeah, that sucks. But that's, you know, that's in a different field to being, you know, farmed with million, yeah, sure. millions of other animals. And, and maybe it is I spend more money and buy eggs that haven't been laid in a little booth mm. or whatever they call it. Free range. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah. I think if you sort of follow that line of thought, which is I want to you know, treat animals as ethically as I can and make Mm. a real difference. I mean, and a lot of people get upset about this sort of stuff. And I myself, I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian Mm. or anything. I eat meat a lot. But I think to follow that line of thought, it's, well, if you want to make the most impact, you just, you stop eating the meat. But then Mm. for me, it's also like, well, what are the ethical impacts of, you know, cattle farmers and dairy yeah, farmers? Yeah, because dairy's got to go in the same breath, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And Actually, then there goes the veal industry. So get yeah, this, yeah. I was thinking last night, and we should get an expert on, and you'd be welcome to join us, Asha. Mm. I want to do a, an episode about a basic 
income. What do they call it? Oh, universal basic U- income. Universal basic income, yeah. Yep. I was thinking last night, right? Like, absolutely, our developed nations' economies have to be tipped on their head mm. if we want to stop climate change mm-hmm. and start to reverse that or whatever they... I'm not a scientist, as you can tell. Does that mean we have to have universal basic income to do this? So those industries that we go, hey, sorry, you supplied hoses to tractors. Your business, Asha, you supplied Mm -hmm. hoses to tractors that helped in the mines. You don't have a business anymore. Yep. But hey, sorry, but here's a universal basic income of 30 grand. Yep. I think there's a bigger thing here with the Mm -hmm. economy. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. It's beyond the scope of this episode, but... I think it'd be very interesting because what do we do with the people that work in these ancillary industries mm-hmm. who have kids, have a family, yeah. they go shopping on Sunday and, you know, some of them might even try and live green, even though they're supplying, you know, their business, whatever I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're having know. a bit of a crack of it, but we're not really embracing yeah. it. But, uh, because yeah. to embrace it fully would be to basically say, we're not going to make money anymore and mm, I can't look after my right. family anymore. Mm. Yeah. Whether it's a necessary part or not, I don't mm. know. But I think a UBI of some sort is probably the best shot you'd have mm. at trying to, like you said, flip the economy on its head. Or it's like a, these are the impacted industries by default. Mm. Yep. You know, in five years time, or even 10 years time, mm-hmm. it's illegal to be a coal miner or to have a coal mining company. Yep. Like if we were going to the one extreme, right? Yeah. Yep. So, if you are at this point in this, you will get a UBI of 30K a year for the next 20 years. Yep. Or send people mm. out to... Like, the government has to make an investment. Mm. So, if it means investing money into people mm-hmm. so they can freaking keep the roof over their head, yeah. that investment of $2 billion or whatever, I'm just making up a number, yep. there's got to be big change. Yep. Yeah, well, and we yeah. need to be prepared to go... And this is it, like... If you're, and it's so beyond the scope of this episode, but whatever, if you're totally green and totally chain yourself to the fence of the coal mining place, you can't fundamentally believe the individuals that work in the coal mine are evil. Mm-hmm. That means, I don't know what it means, but we need to look after the people that are working in there if yep. we're going to take their jobs. Well, I think that's the mm-hmm. thing. So, like, exactly right. There's because they're just nice people like you mm-hmm. that are working. Earning a living. Yeah, they get stigmatised because of the industry they work in. And the mm-hmm. same thing goes for people that work at, say, abattoirs, mm-hmm. any industry that is somewhat, I guess, you know, it was in the news a lot or it takes a lot of heat. The people who work there are always stigmatised as, you know, heartless, you know, they don't care about their environment. Unless yeah. you're a used car salesperson. Unless, mm-hmm. Well, yes, they are the scum of the earth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shout out to yeah, those listening. <laughs> yeah, just get a new job. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think it's exactly right where they're just, they're doing exactly what you would do. You know, they need money yeah. to live. Mm-hmm. They need to provide for their families. And the thing it just is- so happens they're really good in this field. It doesn't make them a bad person. It just makes yeah. them differently skilled to you. So yeah. I think, yeah, the, we do need a national plan. And it pisses me off that, you know, Australia as a company, like the big mining companies, they should be taxed so much more because yeah. it's our dirt. it's like it's unbelievable it's like those it's how is it different to those countries in the middle east that they're digging up oil all day yeah so they're like well there's lots of oil here so we'll just make it good for all our citizens because it's our stuff where gina reinhardt and twiggy and bhp and all that twiggy made a billion last week when Shares went up ten percent. Like but how weird is it? And, and that'll the, cover his donation to the bushfires. Yeah, <laughs> but, it, 
it requires massive radical government change. It which does. When in a, we're in a time where our policies of the two parties are actually getting closer, not yeah. dividing. Yeah. Like, mm. It's really weird you talk about UBI, though, because in the um, Democratic race in the United States at the moment, there's a Democratic candidate called Andrew Yang. Yeah. And his biggest policy is what he's calling the freedom dividend, which is a UBI of... <laughs> Democracy and freedom? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a freedom dividend, you know, very American. But he's basically saying for every United States citizen above the age of 18, they'll get $1,000 a month until the day they die mm. and that is for that exact purpose because you know the reason that donald trump won in the first place is that a lot of those swing states you know voted for him and that's where a lot of the heavy industry was mm. um and basically you know all those people lost their jobs and they didn't know why yeah and the reason they were lost is because things like automation and technology yeah. and that's it like trump like it's not 1942 anymore we're not building yeah. steel cars yeah in mm. freaking detroit detroit yeah no, definitely, <laughs> definitely not in detroit yeah, but it's just mm. wild, isn't it? Yeah. So mm. wild. Could go on for days. Yeah, so I think we will do, because I want to do an episode about UBI and estate tax. I reckon, no, I don't know anybody. Get that guy I was talking about, Andrew Yang on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you might do it. Yeah. Yangy. So there you have it. Well, we don't know if there was any value in today other than a bit of a discussion. Good, good but old yarn. We just wanted it to encourage you to just think about your giving. And this is it. Like if, if we go back to the four stages of giving, I'm not saying if you're a non-given now and you've gone, okay, I'm only a non-given now because of the reasons that Asher talked about, like your money's a mess or John talked about and you don't have a systems in place. Mm. If you're that person, we're not saying become a planned and generous giver overnight. Not at all. Not asking that, not telling that. That would be weird if you did that. Actually. It'd be weird if you did because the whole marathon thing, you're not sprinting a marathon. Mm. It could be, okay, I'm going to consciously make it a plan over the next six months to get a spending plan, get a budget in order, and then start to give a little bit. Yeah. If you are that person who is a tight ass and doesn't want to give any money away, just own it. Yeah. Don't say, oh, I don't trust that, you know, charities. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. No, no, read the book. If you've got an issue, let me know. I'll post you the book. Well, you can get it free on the website. <laughs> yeah, don't post so, download it. But yeah, just own it. Own wherever you're at. So that's been pretty wild. We got into some wild stuff there. Mm. What do you want to left, talk about now? Left field. Well, I'll get you to do the community member of the week as we transition now. It's that time again. It's time for the community member of the week. This time... Oh, shit. <laughs> And you know we're not editing this promo. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> anyway, shout out, Natalie. What up, Natalie? I don't know why we... Why do we not get their last names? Or is it me that asked that we should just get their first name? Anyway, it's Natalie. She's in Wollongong. So, Asha, can you guess what her occupation is? I'll give you one guess. Well, that's such a... What? <laughs> Natalie what is a... a <laughs> uh, <laughs> she is a... No, I'm gonna, she's a cobbler. She's not a, she's, she's not she's not a cobbler. She's a cardiac sonographer. They're pretty similar. Ish. Mm. <laughs> she bangs hearts. Sorry, Natalie. Her current money goal, John, is dial down my expensive and very unnecessary lifestyle and save twenty five large by Christmas to put towards an investment property slash home. How is she achieving this goal, John? Well, she, this is a setup. She's, <laughs> she's binged, 
binged the podcast and started Glenn's spending plan to figure out my budget and worked out what was actually necessary in my life. A little bit extra in case I fall off the bandwagon. Just on that, I don't see these. These are I didn't plan the spending plan plug. Uh, jury's out. Really? The How come s- you told me to plug it like three times during yeah. a conversation? No, I did not say that. Mm. Back off. <laughs> and what's Natalie's silliest money mistake, Asher? Uh, Natalie's silliest money mistake is getting breast implants and then consequently having to get them taken out six years later. Apparently, both of those surgeries could have paid her stamp duty on the next investment property. Yeah, wow. Well, that's and this is it. Like, mm. cosmetic surgery is elective surgery unless it's causing you pain. So, yes. for example, if you had larger breasts that you're getting back aches from or whatever, they might throw you in and um, get Reduce you them. a reduction yep. under Medicare. Yep. But if it's like, oh, I want them more supple or big or whatever for fun, mm. beyond the scope of my expertise, that's S- <laughs> supple. It's a, it's a elective. It's an elective surgery. So speaking you. of cosmetic surgery, <laughs> I've got something. No, no. Are you getting your nose fixed? It's fixed. What do you do? Just uh, conscious of it because right. I've been reminded every three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> that was awkward. Are you getting it fixed? It is fixed. Mm. <laughs> uh, What's wrong with John's nose? Yeah, nothing wrong. Mm. All um, right, it's bent well, into eight pieces. Thanks oh. for. Thanks for popping in today, Asher. It's all right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your time, John. And we will try and get Asher over on the new My Millennial Career podcast. And remember, if you are new to podcasting, we've got My Millennial Money Property. I do one called My Millennial Money Express. And there's also one for under 24s called Gen Z Money. So, And Q. What? Q&A. Q&A. Oh, no, no. That's MMS and MMA. What? What? Oh, My Millennial Answers. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, too much yeah. going on. John, we don't have a, a podcast called Q. <laughs> <laughs> That's just John's podcast on the side. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, uh, see you. Bye, bye. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more about SunSuper at sunsuper.com.au forward slash choose. You can join SunSuper online in under five minutes. Many people do not realize that slavery still exists in the world today. That's why My Millennial Money supports A21. We want to highlight A21 as they work to abolish slavery and human trafficking all across the world. If you want to support A21, visit a21.org.au for more information. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a high chance you have disposable income. Glenn has a mandate to get everyone giving, saving, and spending in that order. Now, we want to encourage you to be generous with your money, but choosing an effective charity can be difficult. An amazing resource you can use is thelifeyoucansave.org.au. You can donate to them, and they'll distribute your donation to a variety of life-saving and life-changing charities around the world, with a focus on eliminating extreme poverty. For more information, visit thelifeyoucansave.org.au. Thanks to Jess Knaus, executive producer, Laura from La La Social Club, and me, Asher. 
anyway, make sure you stay connected via our Instagram, our free Facebook group, for further information about what's going on. Check out the links in the show notes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.